You're listening to Shoot the Hostage. I'm Sarah. And I'm Dan. We're a movie-obsessed couple that delves into a different film each week based around a theme. This season the theme is Aliens, and we're covering eight extraterrestrial-themed movies. Shoot the Hostage contains explicit language and mature content, as well as major spoilers for the chosen film. We really hope you enjoy listening and stick around. Are you, how long are you going to do this for? This is going to happen for an hour. I mean, I'm quite grateful that you're subjecting other people to what I've had to deal with for the better part of a week now. Dan! Dan! Pack it in. Do you want me to leave? <laughs> oh no, I'll say that for the third act of the podcast. Please don't. <laughs> Never do it again. Uh, we're to, what, what movie are we talking about today? Pre-data. <laughs> <laughs> I believe that's how it's pronounced. I got so carried away with that, I actually genuinely forgot for a You were second. just in your own little world. Yeah, yeah I was imagining I was Silvestri just composing myself. <laughs> Um, yeah, we're talking about Predator. It's our first episode of season three. Yes, and that's how you chose to open it. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think anyone's listening still? I'd be surprised. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so season three, we're doing Aliens this season, as we yeah. said up top in the intro. But um, as it's our first episode, I just thought I would highlight that we're doing a giant sausage fest for our first episode <laughs> of season three. After we did a giant sausage fest for our last episode of season two. I was two. thinking about this. How did this get past me? <laughs> this I've got no one to blame but myself. Well, you create the, the schedules as much as I do. I know. We have equal um, rights, I guess. <laughs> I do not have equal rights. Not in the world. <laughs> no. But that's a different conversation. In this house, you almost have equal rights. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> almost. <laughs> I have popped up privileges. <laughs> no, do you know what I think it is? I think it's because we want to end on like a fun one like we did with Connor. Yeah. And we want to kind of start with a fun one. So and so why did thought- we choose Army of the Dead last season? <laughs> uh, well, well, that was a grave error. We made a mistake there. We did. <laughs> but we thought that that might be fun. But this it one wasn't. actually will be fun. This one, the, the podcast will be fun. The movie was fun. Yes. It's really old now, the film. <laughs> yeah, like I'm aware of that. 35 years old at this point, 30. It's almost as old as me. Yeah. So 1987, mm-hmm. this one came out. It was a good year. Do you know what? I've never really given it much thought until <laughs> about five minutes ago when I went on Letterboxd and you know you can sort through your films and yeah. like select the year you want to look at. I mean, I, I'm, I'm guessing you can do that. I've never done it because I'm not a nerd. <laughs> yeah. I know. Well, you are. <laughs> I know you were just nodding, nodding along. Mm, no, I wasn't. You can't prove a thing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm filming this. Yeah. So I, I looked through Letterboxd. Some of the other movies that were released in 1987, mm-hmm. these are just the, the good ones. Hit me with them. Lost Boys. Oh, banger which we'll cover at some point we will we will robot cop <laughs> that's a good year for you good year for <laughs> definitely. me definitely um the old jc prince of darkness had a movie oh yeah of course 
Near Dark, anyone? Hell yeah. yeah. It was a good year for vampires. Good year for vampires. <laughs> it was also a good year for Cenobites because Hellraiser came out in 1987. Yep. It was a brilliant year for Martin Short because Inner Space came out. <laughs> Sam Raimi had a movie out. Do you know Did which he? one it was? I've never heard of it. Evil Dead 2. No. What's that? <laughs> no. That, that indicates there was an Evil Dead 1. I've never heard of these films. Um, the Princess Bride. Yeah. Yep. People enjoy that movie a lot. <laughs> well, I'm going to be enthusiastic even if you're not. Mm. Huh. Wall Street. Okay. Yeah. Good movie. Yeah. Better than the sequel. <laughs> Did the sequel have Shia LaBeouf in it? Wait, what? They made a sequel to Wall Street. Wall Street 2, Money Never Sleeps or something. Seriously? Yeah, not like not that long ago. About, well, it was within the last 10 years. So What a weird film to do a legacy sequel for. Yeah, it wasn't good. Um, Shane Black joint, Lethal Weapon. Of course, yeah. We'll be talking about him. We will be talking about Hawkins a little bit. Masters of the Universe. <laughs> Quildor. <laughs> You've got the key. <laughs> oh, I love that movie. Me too. But it's, it's not good. I don't know. Like, Dan, is it not good? No. Why is, what's not good about it's it? It's not a good film. I, it's very enjoyable. I think it is a really good movie. Okay. <laughs> Maybe we'll, what, what theme can we get that into one day? Garbage. <laughs> garbage. No, because then you'll insist on the garbage pale kids. Yes, I will. And Mac and me. Oh, no. <laughs> the gate. Oh, I love The Gate. The Gate came out that year. Uh, Full Metal Jacket. Okay. Spaceballs. <laughs> right, the yeah. The Schwartz. The Untouchables. Okay. You haven't named the one film that had a better opening weekend than Predator. Hmm. What was that then? It was, uh, I forget which one, but oh. Beverly Hills Cop. Oh, Beverly Hills Cop 2. Right, yes. yeah. It was the only film to have a better opening weekend than Predator. In the whole of 87? In 87, yes. Okay. Yeah, because it did, uh, it did all right. Predator. It was fifteen million budget, and it was it grossed a hundred million worldwide. That's excellent. But that was when you back when you could make action sci-fi horror movies for fifteen million dollars yeah. in the jungle. <laughs> um, just before we get off the year, the last one I want to mention that was released in nineteen eighty-seven was another Arnold joint, The Running Man. Right. Okay. So I believe Predator came out first, and then yep. Running Man came out later. He was very busy. There was like a, a cluster of a number of years around the mid to late 80s where he was working quite a lot. He did a hell of a lot of movies. Mm. Yeah, he did, um, well, obviously, Terminator, Commando, I think Red Heat, Predator, Kindergarten Cop, <laughs> Who could Bangers, Twins. <laughs> <laughs> forget yeah. Twins. Films of varying quality. Yeah, yeah. But <laughs> I, when I was a kid, Arnold was my action guy. I liked Stallone. I liked, liked the Rocky movies. I liked Van Damme. But I feel like... Schwarzenegger had the most consistent, fun action movies. Yeah, I'm inclined to agree with that. Uh, it was my guy. And mostly, if he hadn't made Terminator, then it, Stallone would probably be my guy. Really? But Terminator is the greatest movie ever made. So, <laughs> um, yeah. So, Predator then. What Do you remember when you first watched this movie? So, I I came to Predator quite late comparatively i definitely didn't watch it when it came out because i was five mm. and unlike you my parents would not have allowed that i don't know I, I was probably late teens before i saw this maybe even early 20s right i saw terminator way before i saw and, and this how did um 
how did it hit you? Like, what was your takeaway when you saw it? Because by that point, I guess it was a stone cold, cold classic for yeah, a lot of people. Yeah, absolutely. So when you saw it, was you like, oh, yeah, that is a classic? Or was you like, eh. Sometimes that can happen if the yeah. film's hyped too much. I would say I probably was a little bit underwhelmed. It mm. took a few more watches for it to really cement its reputation for me. Okay. I watched it with my mom a few years back. That was quite a fun experience. How did that, how did that go? Um, she was engrossed and then when it finished she went, oh, well that was daft <laughs> as she is wont to do. Yeah. What about you? Well, I must have seen this when I was four or five. That's I insane. I don't remember the first time I ever saw it, put it that way. Okay. But I do remember watching it on VHS, but it was one of those tapes that you record off the telly. Right. So I think that some of the gore hadn't been included or was oh, cut out. Remember like yeah. on ITV back in the day or BBC or whatever, they would show these films slightly earlier maybe. Mm. Um, but they would cut out a lot of the gore or, or just swap a, the word fuck for flip or something. And <laughs> like the aeroplane cuts that you still get these days. <laughs> yeah. So I think I saw it on a taped off telly VHS and obviously loved it. Like me and my mates used to play Predator in a swimming pool. Yeah, I bet you did. Uh, I ain't got time to bleed. You know, we'd just pull it <laughs> turn around. Um, and I saw it. So I saw it a lot, a lot. And it wasn't until probably watching it on DVD later in my 20s, maybe, that I saw it in its full glory with all of the gore stuff in it. There's not a lot of gore, but there's, there's certain really isolated, bits. really strong gore. Yeah. Like, oh, that's a human without their skin on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you'd have remembered that at four years old, I'm sure. Yeah, so I don't remember all of that stuff when I was a kid. I'm sure I would have been like, wow, yes, like Arnold popping his eyeball out in a Terminator. Like, loved it when I was five years old. First day at the therapist. What's your earliest memory, Dan? <laughs> yeah, so I saw it very young. It's kind of always been with me, Predator. And then obviously you, you get onto sequels, which we'll, we'll probably talk about those maybe towards yes. the end of the episode. Yeah, um, I'd like to. So. I mean, it's it's kind of pointless, but do you want me to do a quick synopsis? Yeah, do the synopsis before I talk about the older director, John McTiernan. Go on then. So tagline, soon the hunt will begin. Dutch and his group of commandos are hired by the CIA to rescue downed airmen from gorillas. Not actual gorillas. No. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't translate in spoken word, does Just it? Just chuck them a banana. <laughs> in a Central American jungle, the mission goes well, but as they return, they find that something is haunting them. Nearly invisible, it blends in with the forest, taking trophies from the bodies of its victims as it goes along. Occasionally, seeing through its eyes, the audience sees that it is an intelligent alien hunter, hunting them for sport, killing them off one at a time. Way too complicated. Yeah, I... <sighs> I should have um, vetoed that before I started, really. I've got a Letterboxd is normally the one. I've got a, an alternative one for you. Go on. Big old oily boys in the jungle get killed by Alien. They are very oily. They're very oily. It's a, what this is, is the sweatiest film I think I've ever seen. It's a very hot jungle. It's yeah. A very, it's, a, it's very close. A <laughs> bit humid. It's very close outside, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, very humid. Very wet. It's a very wet movie, isn't it? Is it is very Duke wet. Is maybe the wettest human I've ever seen. <laughs> yes. I think I said that as we were watching. <laughs> yeah. I've never seen a human sweat more. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Yeah. I, like, that's one of those images that that's always stuck with me, just dry shaving with a like a soaked face. Yeah. I don't know why. But he's um, got a very distinctive face as well. Bill Duke. Yeah. Yes, yes, he has. He Great has. face. Good, really good face. Yeah. <laughs> so this was directed by one Sir John McTiernan. 
Yes. He has 12 feature credits to his name mm-hmm. on looking on Letterboxd. So in 1986, he wrote and directed his first feature, which was called Nomad. Never seen it. I've never heard of it before doing research for this. It had Pierce Brosnan in it. Okay. Before he was uh, old Jimmy Bond. So that was out in 1986. It was not well received, but Arnold saw it and he really liked how the director managed to create tension in that movie. Now, I haven't seen it, so I can't I can't concur with that. Um, <laughs> we'll just have to take Arnie's word for it. Yeah, but obviously Arnie was a big name at that point. Mm-hmm. He's locked in. He's basically making a lot of the creative decisions on this, uh, on this project. So John McTiernan was brought on board to direct. And obviously the year after that, he made a little movie called, I don't know if you heard of this one, called Die Hard. Everybody's favourite Christmas movie. Yeah. Or rather the one that everybody likes to argue about. As to whether it is a Christmas movie or not. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I'm not going to have that conversation. (laughs) Don't open that Pandora's (laughs) box. (laughs) Therein lies danger. So, yeah, he's got 12 features to his name. And I was surprised because he's one of those guys. He was a a big deal when I was growing up. Mm -hmm. Obviously, Die Hard and Predator, like favourites of mine. Last Action Hero I really liked. Medicine Man. (laughs) Um, Sean Connery has long hair and sleeps in a hammock. That sounds familiar. Yeah, I think so. The Hunt for Red October, which yes. I didn't like when I was a kid because it was too boring. For it was me. my granddad's favourite film. Was it? <laughs> yeah. I should give that another go. I bet I'd like that now. Die Hard with a Vengeance, which I think is my favourite Die Hard movie. Okay. I think there'll be a lot of anger. You're allowed to be wrong. I'm allowed to be right because it's the most fun. <laughs> All right. No. The, the first movie is obviously a Stone Cold classic. I just, I, I return to Vengeance way more. Um, Thomas Crown Affair, 13th Warrior, Rollerball. Oh, no. Mm-hmm. Oh, dear. I never saw that, but I heard it was not great. Um, Is that the one with Chris Klein from American Pie fame? Yeah. <laughs> it was a remake, wasn't it? Yeah, I believe yeah, so. Shocking, yeah. shocking film. And the last film that he made, that he directed, was released in 2003, and that was called Basic. He made some really classic movies, Mm -hmm. and it's a shame that he didn't carry on making them. I'm disappointed that he didn't. After 2003, he just stopped making movies. Maybe we won't talk about it that much, because we want to keep to the film, but he was sent to prison for a year, so that (gasps) might have something to do with it. For what? Ooh, give me the gossip. It's a very odd wiretapping case okay oh my god it's a weird one i need to know more so he had uh, some studio execs like phone tapped or something or he was he'd hired a private investigator <gasps> to like spy on this this guy and i think he hired him to spy on other people as well and it was a bit weird i don't know exactly what happened or how it went down but i do know that he had told a fib originally to the fbi when they were calling him he got in a lot of trouble for telling that lie and for doing the actual wiretapping as well oh john johnny mctee what are you it's, doing yeah yeah it's a, <laughs> it's a weird one but you know it's not it's not the worst thing anyways there are people that are way have done way worse things that are still making movies today oh yeah like, agreed that's nothing and i would be happily seeing make more movies because i think yeah I think he's a big old lefty at heart, you know. Is he? Bring so. back John McTiernan. Have him direct everything that Brian Singer was about to. <laughs> Can we do that? Can we arrange that switcheroo? Yeah. Um, so original script and concept by Jim and John Thomas, who wanted to write a screenplay about a brotherhood of hunters. Okay. Shane Black was brought on board later to 
do like a rewrite on the script mm-hmm. and and riff some misogynistic jokes in there. Yeah, the, yeah, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Let's talk about the jokes. <laughs> but they, he was brought on, and he was given a role in the movie as Hawkins. That's a brilliant name that is. I <laughs> wonder why. And um, he was given a role in the movie because <laughs> they wanted a writer on set. Uh, okay. So I guess punch things up. And right. you mentioned the jokes. He wrote those jokes. Yeah. Apparently like last minute. So I don't know, maybe that's got something to do with the reason that they're so fucking terrible. <laughs> Donald McAlpine was the cinematographer. And I mentioned him because he worked on Patriot Games, Romeo and Juliet. And one of my favourites, Mega Piranha. <laughs> right. So Schwarzenegger joint. A Schwarzenegger joint. Yeah. Like a Spike Lee joint. Yeah. Well, surely, if we're going off that as the basis, it should be called a Schwarzenegger stogie. A Schwarzenegger stogie. Well, that could be every movie he fucking makes. Well, exactly. The first shot that he's in this film, <laughs> yes. he's got a stogie on the go. Yeah. Did like- you know they weren't allowed to light it in the helicopter for obvious reasons, for safety purposes? So the glow was added in post. I heard that the glow was added in post, yeah. yeah. Oh, right, but I didn't know that that was the reason. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah, because he, he had to have his mouth around something, didn't he? Yeah, apparently I, that's that's a thing. He that... must find it very soothing to have a long, long thing, thing in I his mean, mouth. I mean, let's, let's not go down that Freudian rabbit hole, shall we? Yeah. <laughs> but he, he, we spoke about that. That's the first time we see Arnold, and they're kind of uh, delivered via helicopter to this, <laughs> air, to this army Deposited base, Deposited in the jungle. Yeah. But I thought that was a really good scene because just prior yeah. to that, we'd seen the Predator being dropped off uh, on, 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 <laughs> off a spaceship. Are you broken? Uh, I'm trying to do the Predator. Oh, right. Uh, I thought I was going to have to put 50p in you. No, but I liked it because you see the product, Predator, you see the Predator dropped off onto the Earth and then the parallel shot is the team being delivered to the army base. Yeah. So I thought that was just a nice, you've got this team versus this team. Or this one guy versus this team. <laughs> this seven-foot yeah. monster. And the seven-foot monster, the Predator, Kevin Peter Hall. Yes. You may know him from Harry and the Hendersons. <gasps> Was he Harry? He wasn't Henderson. He could have been... Wasn't Lithgow Henderson. Yeah. Well, yeah, he was Papa Henderson. Papa Henderson. <laughs> yeah. I loved that film when I was a kid. <laughs> yeah, I think... Do you know what I think I did as well? There was a TV show. Yeah. Him. But uh, yeah, Kevin Peter Hall was the Predator and Harry or the Hendersons. Did you know that it was supposed to be Jean-Claude Van Damme? I did. It sounds so fake, but I read that in a couple of places. He actually was in the jungle, in the suit. Yeah, but he couldn't move the way that he was supposed to. Yeah, it was way too hot and he couldn't see very well and he was very short and he didn't look very (laughs) threatening against these towering holy boys. (laughs) And he was a bit annoyed that his face wasn't in the movie. Yeah, I heard that as well. <laughs> it's like, what? You're, you're an alien. What are you going to do? Have you seen some of the shots? So pretty funny. I haven't them. seen them. Oh. I know what I'm Googling immediately yeah. after we record them. <laughs> yeah, but they they shot some stuff. It wasn't working. The costume looked terrible. <laughs> they they macked, they macked him off. And Schwarzenegger brought on Stan Winston yeah. to redesign, come up with a totally new design for a Predator. And I think had that not happened, we would not be talking about Predator today. I or agree. Or maybe we would, but but maybe it would be going, do you remember that fucking terrible movie? <laughs> I, it could have gone very, very, very differently. It's I not think, iconic. Yeah. I mean, the so the Predator itself only has about eight minutes of screen time, mm. which is wild. Yeah. I mean, 
I don't, I'm not a hundred percent sure if that includes the parts where he's see-through, <laughs> um, but yeah, I read that he only has eight minutes. Yeah. So to come up with a creature that's that memorable, that makes that much of an impact with such little screen time is, I mean, that's not nothing. Yeah. It's iconic and it's unlike anything else, Yeah. especially for that time. Well, even since actually, I can't think of something that's as, I mean, you've got the alien and you've got the predator, like Giga influence, obviously on the alien. Mm-hmm. And um, obviously Stan Winston. Did Stan Winston work on Alien? Did he develop the Alien from the Giga concepts? I think he might have. I think you might be right, yeah. He I definitely have... did the Terminator, didn't he? Yeah, I, I read um, elsewhere, just as a little side point, that uh, the mandibles mm. on the creatures, on the Predator's face, were actually James Cameron's idea. Yes, I heard this too. Is that true? I think, well, I think so. I think so. God. Such a boys' club. <laughs> yeah, it's so cool though. Yeah, and it it looks great. And um, Kevin Peter Hall, unfortunately, we lost him in 1991. Um, he unfortunately he was in a car accident. Oh damn! He had to have a blood transfusion, and he contracted AIDS from said transfusion oh. and, and died in 1991 from pneumonia. Oh man! Thirty sixth, a month short of his thirty sixth birthday. Oh, that's such a yeah. tragedy. Sucks, man. But he he was in Predator One and Predator Two. And he was Harry. And he was Harry. So, Legacy. He was also in the end of Predator. He was one of the helicopter pilots. Was he really? Yeah. Apparently he was just like, did such a a bang up job. Everyone was really happy. And they were like, go on, you get to the chopper. (laughs) (laughs) Carl Weathers. I love Carl Weathers. So do I. He's, I I don't know, man. It's weird. He's he's had so many. (laughs) He's had so many iconic roles. And yet my mind always goes to Happy Gilmore. <laughs> and I'm like vaguely ashamed. Hasn't he got an arm off in that? Yeah. Whenever I see Carl Weathers, my brain's just like, damn alligator, bit my hand off. <laughs> <laughs> Does he only star in movies where he's incapacitated in one, with one arm? I believe so. <laughs> he's got an arm off. Oh, come on. He's obviously a polo creed. In, <laughs> a polo. Yeah, a polo. <laughs> well, yeah. that's what I mean. Papa like creed. He's done some truly iconic roles. He's great. And he's actually like a good act. He's good in this movie. Yeah, he's he act- is. He's acting rings around Arnold, especially in the I first mean, half. It's not that difficult. Arnold's line delivery it's is so bad. Good. It's and so monotone. For, it's weird because like the first half an hour... I was really, especially this time watching it for the podcast, I was really tuned into it and I just thought, oh, that line delivery is yeah. very flat. It's not very good. But as the film progresses, and I guess he says less and less. <laughs> yeah. Because he can do like the eyes. He can do yeah. a stare or a grimace and he, he's very good. He can, he can, oddly, I think it's the reverse problem that most actors have. <laughs> I think most actors can probably deliver convincing dialogue, but, but have a problem the with their eyes. Acting. But Arnold is really good with the face acting yeah. and not so great with the dialogue. But I do feel like he improved as the movie went on. And it, yeah. it, I'm not, it probably wasn't shot in sequence, so I don't know how that managed to happen. Either that or you just got used to it. Maybe, maybe. Or, but I, I don't know. I, maybe it's because the initial, when he's first introduced, he's having conversation. He's, actually, he's having real conversations, isn't he? About mm-hmm. oh, the, this bloke was traveling on the wrong side of the border or whatever. But then as the film goes on, he's just saying, you know, check the perimeter or look at the tree or, you know, <laughs> it doesn't have to be, it just needs to be a certain cadence rather yeah. than like a conversational type thing. So I don't know if that's got something to do with it. Yeah, maybe. But yeah, cast-wise as well, El Padilla Carrillo. 
Yeah, um, who we just saw in Blue Beetle. Yes, she plays Anna mm-hmm. and is the only female in this cast of Sausage Boys. Sausage sure Oily is. Boys. <laughs> That's all right. <laughs> Never say that again. <laughs> Bill Duke, as we've mentioned, as Mac. Yeah. He's actually directed more movies than John McTiernan. Yeah, you said that the yeah. other day. I didn't know that. Yeah, see, it was Sister Act 2 being one of them. Back in the habit. Back in the habit. <laughs> they still haven't made that Sister Act 3 movie they keep promising us. I mean, I'm not going to hold my breath for that one. <laughs> I'd watch it. I quite like Sister Act 2. I think it's funny. It's a good movie. <laughs> Jesse Ventura, Blaine. Mm. Um, Apparently he and Arnie had a total macho off. A bro, a bro. A bro off. A bro off. Yeah, and they... Yeah. Um, Are you going to tell me the bicep thing? Well, yeah, there was the bicep thing when Jesse Ventura figured out that his biceps were larger than Arnie's and he wouldn't drop it. Mm. But also they worked out before shooting every single day. And it got to a point where they were in such comp- like fierce competition that they would start getting up earlier and earlier to beat each other to the gym. Yeah, And it got to the point where they were getting there at 4 a.m., yeah. And like what Jesse Ventura would arrive first and douse himself with water. So it looked like he'd been <laughs> exerting himself before Arnie got there. Oh, man. <laughs> Just going back to the bicep thing, I mm-hmm. heard that Arnold had told the costume person to tell Jesse Ventura that his biceps were bigger. <laughs> right. And so Ventura went to Arnold and went, let's measure our biceps. The winner gets a bottle of champagne. Oh, my God. <laughs> yes, let's do it. <laughs> and then, and then uh, they had a, a, a bicep off. Um, a buy-off, if you will. Sure. And Arnold won, obviously. And Did he? Ventura right. was cucked by Arnold. <laughs> oh, God. Um, Sonny Landon plays Billy. Okay. Billy! I read somewhere that Billy was intended to be more of a main character. Mm. They, they wanted an indigenous actor in the main role. Yeah. Which does make me wonder if that was some of the thinking behind uh, the more recent Prey. Yeah, which is a good movie. Excellent movie. Which is an excellent movie. Mm. Yeah, which we, we might touch on that a bit yeah. later. Yeah, but he was also a porn star. He started was off he? in porn. Yeah, he wanted to be okay. an actor and went down the porn hole. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> My brain was like, don't say it, don't say it. And then it said it. Sorry. He was in Warriors. Who was he, he was in, in Warriors? Warriors? Uh, apparently he's a policeman who got his leg broken. Do you oh, recognise that character? Near the beginning? I don't remember. Or the bit with Ajax in the park. I've only seen it once. I I should know that. God damn it. That's in my top 10 of all time. Yeah. Um, Which is why I wrote it down. Okay. To embarrass me. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Shane Black plays Hawkins. And that's the team. That's the ensemble cast that we're dealing with in this one. Yeah. They're all... That's the thing, isn't it? The characters in this are all very memorable. Mm -hmm. They're not all likable. Especially Jesse Ventura's character is probably the worst one, I would say. But they're all memorable. They've all got very strong characteristics. They've got a joke teller. And actually, I forgot one. There's Poncho, that guy. <laughs> I did forget one. They're all very memorable, apart from the one I forgot. <laughs> but no, it's, it's all about the character. For the first half of the movie, it's about the characters. And then you see them slowly get picked off and picked yeah. off and picked off. Like, and in a similar, as you said the other day, it's like a slasher movie. Well, I think this is, it had never really occurred to me until we mm. watched it the other day, but I'm like it's a film that has a massive crossover appeal with horror audiences like i think first and foremost it is an action movie but it has such big crossover appeal for horror fans and i mean the gore obviously is an element in that but at its heart it is kind of a slasher movie yeah i think so a bit like terminator yeah but the you said yes well (laughs) 
it of a fashion. <laughs> Damn it, that's recorded as well. Uh, yeah, going that into down. the world. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's a very, it's an odd mix. It's almost like it shouldn't really work. Yeah. But it, it's horror, sci-fi, action. I would put all three of those descriptions against it. Yeah. I wouldn't pigeonhole it in one or the other. It does have a lot of crossover with horror fans and sci-fi mm-hmm. fans and action fans. It's one of those movies that hits a lot of a lot of areas of the sweet spot for a lot of people. I really enjoyed it when I was a kid because it was action. And then um, the sci-fi stuff was like a nice bonus. It was just like a really nice, well-made action movie. But it just ha- the villain just happens to be a sci-fi alien villain. It's st- Honestly, it's so difficult to wrap my head around sometimes that like when you were watching Predator and like Robocop, I was watching Rainbow Bright and the Star Stealer. Yeah. <laughs> That's how different our childhoods were. <laughs> well, <laughs> Maybe I, we'll have to cover that one day. <laughs> well, it'd be my first time watching it. <laughs> yeah, so jungle, jungle setting. Yep. It's actually meant to be Guatemala, but okay. it was shot in Mexico. Yeah, yeah. I read that the, the camp is now a tourist destination. <laughs> the camp. The camp yeah. being the the camp that they invade in the first act. That they blow up. Right, okay. Yeah, although they were... So I read as well that they were criticised for that at the time, but apparently the scene that is exploded, it was decimated already. So they just sort of did some set dressing, set up a bunch of explosives over a two-week period, painted some tree stumps black Mm. and did it that way. Right, okay. So there wasn't as much destruction as they were thought to have caused. Yeah, no good. Yeah. But that, that that's kind of your first, is when they attack that camp. It's kind of your first action sequence. Mm-hmm. And it's a really good one. Like, I forget how well done that sequence is. You get a real sense of geography. You get a real sense of the teamwork. You know, Arnold's given the orders, go over there, and he does the thing where he holds his hand up and you see his big old fucking gun bicep. <laughs> we didn't even talk about the handshake. I mean, everyone talks about the, <laughs> the birth of a million memes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Big old veiny cocks just, just, just <laughs> wrestling each other. What's that thing called when the penises touch each other? I don't know. I don't know. My friend calls it dickies. (laughs) Well, yeah, that thing. But um, yeah, anyway, tangent. I think that the attack on that camp is really, really well done. The sense of geography, the way that the camera follows a character, Mm -hmm. and they really utilise the rack-in focus technique to progress the scene. Yeah, Zack Snyder, take note. Oh, man. Do you know what? (laughs) Yeah, Snyder should watch this movie more. Yeah, no, it's a really good, well-done action scene. And you get a couple of the Arnold Zingers in there. You get um, Stick Around. And oh, yeah. And he throws that knife at someone, which the, the knife was was custom-made for this movie. Okay. Apparently, um, it's just some sales sales guy just was trying to sell some knives, obviously, to the studio. And they end up making this, like, little sword kind of thing. Yeah. And it was given to McTiernan at the end of production, and he still he still has it. Okay. Um, I think he took it to prison. <laughs> I don't, I don't know if that would people. have been allowed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and when I say prison, it wasn't a prison prison. It was like a... Rich people prison. It was a rich people prison. <laughs> right. Yeah. I, cause it was a light crime. Listen, I don't want st- to... He seems all right. It was, it was a misjudgment. He just sounds like he's a bit paranoid from what you've told me. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, but Ar- Arnold Zingers, so he does the stick around bit and then he, he knocks... Was he kicked down a door and says knock knock? <laughs> and then every time he's I watch this movie and he, he says knock knock and then kills the people, I imagine the people going, Who's there? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
yeah, good scene. That's a that's a good scene, and it's it's they it's before they know what's going on, before the audience knows what's going on. If it's mm-hmm. your first time watch, and imagine imagine watching this movie if you didn't know anything about it, you never heard of Predator before, and you're watching it and you think, oh, this is an action movie, it's an action movie, and then they slowly reveal that actually there's an alien hunting them. I don't know. It's just it's really well done. It, it hits the beats of all of those things, as we've said already. So after the camp, then they're, they're, that's when they start getting picked off by a predator, right? Yeah, and that's when Anna is sort of added to the mix. Yeah, and then it's a slow reveal that they are being hunted by the predator. I think one of my other favourite scenes from it is when they just start firing relentlessly into the jungle. You've got old Painless with Blaine, the big old mini gun that's meant oh, to be yeah. strapped to a helicopter, but he's so big and tough and oily that he can just control it like a big phallic dick well it's i don't know that was a real sort of video game moment it reminded me of something like gears of war you know when you you have those um the levels i can't remember what they're called it's like a stamina thing where you have to just defeat increasingly difficult waves of enemies yeah Yeah. and there's there are mini guns that you can sort of take off the stand and cart around but it slows you down (laughs) immensely it was a really cool sort of video game moment yeah. i really enjoy that it doesn't slow jesse ventura down. it doesn't no he ain't got He's time to bleed double hard bastard yeah but that's a really cool scene and especially having done some more research for this podcast as well apparently the studio were like we need more guns we've got to get more guns in there and the whole thing is kind of fetishizing guns and a lot of action movies did mm-hmm. and still do yeah and mctiernan wasn't about that he wasn't a fan of that so he was like, you want more guns? I'll give you more fucking guns. <laughs> so he just did a, like a five minute sequence. It's not five minutes, but that's how he describes it on a commentary of just mindlessly just shooting at the jungle. Bang, 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 bang. And the first part of dialogue after that is someone says, we hit nothing. <laughs> and what he was, he's thinking behind that was really what I'm saying is that guns achieve nothing. They're pointless. Okay. So that's that. I, I, it does add a little bit more to that scene. Yeah. This is not your run of the mill action movie. It, it is. It's super well made. It's got obviously some of the hallmarks of classic movies, and the, the creature design, but also the way that it's made and the thought process behind each scene is really actually quite clever. Hmm. Okay. They first find out that they're being hunted because they find the three corpses hanging from the tree, don't they? And oh, yeah, they find Frank alive. from Hellraiser hanging upside down. That's right, yeah. <laughs> One of them's called Jim Hopper. Yeah, there's a Jim Hopper and a Hawkins. Mm-hmm. So I'm guessing the Duffer brothers are fans of the Predator movies. Yeah, that's not an accident. No, it can't be. No, Jim Hopper, yeah, for sure. Yeah, And I, I'd never noticed that before. Mm. No, I hadn't before we watched it the other day. That was that was super interesting. I mean, it stands to reason. It's kind of largely considered one of the better films to come out of the 80s, isn't it? So Yeah, so going back to that scene when they're, they're mindlessly firing into the jungle then, the Predator actually gets injured, and that's when you first see... it, it Only a little bit. Yeah, they clip him, they don't clip they? It. Yeah. And actually, so he said that we hit nothing, but they did hit something. That's disappointing. Anyway, <laughs> there's some predator blood. Doesn't matter. And it's really, again, iconic. It glows for some reason. Well, I mean, we were joking when we watched it saying, oh, you know, glow stick fluid again. Mm. Like they've taken a, a page from the reanimator playbook. Yeah. But 
I read about it and it, it was literally the inside yeah. of glow sticks mixed with KY jelly. Oh, yes. <laughs> I bet they had some good parties on that set. Oh, my God. Ow. <laughs> Big no. old oily boys. KY jelly. And glow, glow sticks. sticks. <laughs> God, sounds like a Tuesday night out to me. It's like a classic <laughs> one to remember. I think I've been to that club. Not for me. Not for me. You're on your own there. But yeah, I, I really enjoy the... What's the word? Like, on sen. No, like the innovation mm. with with stuff like that. I mean, apparently they wanted the blood to be bright orange initially. I heard this, yeah. But they couldn't achieve it, so they pivoted and decided to go bright green. I think that was kind of the right move. I think it was. I mean, it's easy to say in retrospect, but yes, I think it was. You often find that though, don't you? You often find in movies that the most memorable things... Happened almost by accident, yeah. Yes, I've happened by necessity because they couldn't do one thing, so they tried something else. But I think that's that is usually the case with these lower budget. And it seems it seems insane to call a movie that came out thirty five years ago with a budget of fifteen million lower budget. Mm. But by today's standards, it kind of is. I, I mean, I mean, if you've got you look at action stars, the closest thing that we have to Arnold now, unfortunately, is probably The Rock. But he won't be in a movie for, that's made for less than 100 million. No. With, with a couple of exceptions years ago. I mean, look at the latest Indiana Jones. Yeah. It was fine. But a film that cost a reported 300 million should be so much better than fine. It's, I don't get it. But I, I always come back to this. And at the da- with the danger of repeating myself, like necessity is the mother of invention when you are... When you're strapped, when you're in a pinch, your creative team are forced to come up with solutions mm. that often end up enhancing the film. Yeah. And I think that's the case here. Absolutely. It's definitely, it's that collaborative process. I think bringing on Stan Winston saved this movie. Yeah. Everything that they did with the effects really, really works. Yeah. Um, um, so I'm guessing you know how they achieve, speaking of effects, yeah. the um, invisibility, cloaking kind of thing. I... I hope you can explain it to me because I've tried, okay. to, I listened to some podcasts, I read some articles and I couldn't get my head around it. So please. Uh, look, don't look to me for de- definitive <laughs> answers. It's the invisibility. It is quite complicated. It's more complicated than I anticipated it being, actually. <sighs> All right, hit me. <laughs> so I don't know. I guess I just sort of assumed that some sort of green screen was involved. But apparently, because the forest, the jungle that they were in, was predominantly green. They had to go the furthest away from that in terms of the color spectrum. The furthest you get from green would be red. Mm. So they, um, I've forgotten his name, but the guy who was in the Predator suit was basically in a bright red suit, basically about the rough size it needed to be. Then they used chroma key techniques to remove the red, which left an empty space. And then they repeated the take without the actors using a lens that was 30% wider. Mm. And then when the two takes were combined, the jungle from the second take filled in the empty space from the first take. Where the predator is. Where the predator would be. So effectively, the, the width of the lens kind of is what caused that sort of, I don't know what you'd call it, like the, the edge effect. Like- like refraction, like the bending of the light around. I, in a way, because you can see it, can't you? You can yeah. see it moving. Because yeah, they they wanted it to just be like 
more of a vague outline, obviously, yeah. to indicate that there is something there, but we're not sure what. Yeah. And I think for the most part, for, for 1987, that's pretty impressive. For 1987, for $15 million, I think this is one of the best ever looking movies for that price range. I mean, would you would that be classed as an in-camera Effect. I don't I don't really know. Or would that still come under the umbrella of VFX? Because it's not CGI. There's not there's nothing even approaching CGI I don't here. Know. I'm not sure you know. But it's so clever. Yeah. Like that somebody sat down and thought about it and was like, right, well, if we use red and blah blah blah, I'm just like, that's mind blowing to yeah. me. Basically use the rules of the colour wheel and I don't know, man. It's so impressive. Yeah. And, and it's it, I think it still looks good. It, well, it's weird because there were moments when I was watching it thinking, you know, a little bit shaky, but it's 1987. And then the more I read about it, the more impressed I was yeah. that it looked as good as it did. Yeah, it's a very like Heath Robinson way of approaching this production, which I enjoy. Mm. What about the heat vision? Did you read anything about the heat vision? Not a huge amount. I don't know how they achieved that. I do know that there were certain... Um, so we only see that really. And obviously in Predator 2, they kind of expand on that. They open with that. Well, yeah, but they like apparently it's indicated at in the first Predator that the Predator has different modes of sight. Mm. So like the heat vision is only one of them. And then, you know, infrared, whatever else. And that isn't brought into the mix until Predator 2, mm. but it's hinted at in Predator 1, which I didn't pick up at mm. at all. Well, his vision, when he takes his mask off, his vision does change. Yeah. Is that is that what we're talking about? Um, or is it, does he like swap through? No, or? I get the impression there's like multiple different modes of vision that they have. Yeah. That they can switch between. Well, you definitely have in the AVP game, you can switch between. Right. <laughs> yeah, so I on the commentary, um, McTiernan was talking about how the, with the heat vision, mm -hmm. originally they actually procured a heat vision camera, but the cables were so thick and... They had to basically keep it within a few feet of the truck. And it took them a week to get like the most basic of shots. So they did abandon that. And then they did it another way, which I couldn't also understand. <laughs> <laughs> I tried to read it and I was just like, no, this is blowing my mind. But they did something with drawings or something. Um, okay. I'll have to look this up again. I, can't, I feel bad, but I really did try and get my head around it. I did understand the invisibility stuff a lot more. Yeah, <laughs> you have explained it to me. So maybe you could research the heat vision stuff and explain that to me. After. Okay, I'll have a look. <laughs> maybe we'll do a companion show. Yeah, it's it's interesting though, isn't it? Because like the more you read about this film, I think the more well, certainly from my personal experience, the more I read about it, the more I dug deep into the research, the more of an appreciation I had for what mm. they m managed to pull off. Yeah, because even like during the when we watched it the other day. There were certain moments where they were using that technique and the predator was quote unquote invisible. And I was like, God, why does he look like he's moving so slowly? Like it looks really odd. But apparently they had Kevin Peter Hall on, it was effectively wire work. Bungie, yeah. Yeah. So because the, the suit was so heavy, it was the only way to achieve that. Yeah. So, oh my God, the stuff that went into this, the logistics... I, I think I know the, the part you mean, where he's jumping for, for, uh, from tree to tree. There's a bit where it's slowed like slow down. Almost yeah. But that's what I thought. I just thought, right. well, I'm just watching a slow motion jump here. Yeah. So my brain was like, this is fine. Right. So it, I kind of, it tricked me into believing I was just <laughs> seeing something in slow motion. 
going back to the costume of the Predator as well, we, we spoke about briefly when he takes off his mask. Mm-hmm. But actually, do you know, I heard, on, I think it was the commentary again, that they actually introduced the mask because there was so much labour involved with the mandibles. Right. And the... It was Fucking like James Cameron. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's got to make things difficult. <laughs> we haven't got Avatar money. <laughs> Yeah, it was like eight people that had to control the mandibles and the face and stuff. Like oh, everyone wow. had a tooth and a, an eyebrow and stuff like that. And that was obviously very labor intensive. So they came up with the idea of the mask, which again is just another example of how we're going to get around this problem. Let's, let's, I tell you what, why don't we just create the most iconic alien mask that's ever been created <laughs> just on the whim? <laughs> fucking blows my mind ingenuity yeah I've i really, love it like the 80s and stan winston specifically as well like he's responsible for so much good shit i think he's underappreciated didn't we see robert kurtzman in the credits as mm-hmm. well yep and um screaming mad george yep all school so, like, of winston yeah yeah but like that those guys have gone on to become kind of heavyweights in the field Iconic, as well yeah so the did, fact that so many of them were working on this one project is so cool did screaming mad george work on reanimator Oh no, now you're asking. Okay. I should know that. Oh, if only there was a way to find out. <laughs> That'll be in the companion show. <laughs> Stop gonna, promising this thing that we may not deliver. That's going to be my get out of jail free no. card now. Whenever I'm like, I don't know what the answer to that question is. It'll be in the companion show. <laughs> you, you said something quite interesting to me when we were watching the film about how the Predator could be viewed as a feminist. Oh, absolutely. Do you want to talk about that a little bit? Feminist coded. <laughs> what? What specifically was it that made you think that, made you have that thought? Because I agree with you, but I hadn't thought it until you said it. It was like, yeah. Um, What made me have that thought? The fact that I try and make everything feminist <laughs> in my own brain as canon is what yeah. made me have that thought. So this is this is not really a fair assessment because there's only one female character in this movie. Yeah. But it is notable that she is spared. They do kind of explain that as her being the only one to not be carrying a weapon. But yeah, I don't she's, know. She's that... spared and also not harmed at all. At all, yeah. Engaged in, in any sort of fighting at all mm-hmm. with the Predator. Um, she knows the most about the Predator. She kind of explains some of the lore to the male characters. Yeah. Even going as far as to translate the name which is um was it the demon who makes trophies of men yes i believe something like that yeah i don't know man feminist Uh, hero it works the predator what a queen also (laughs) the predator's face looks a bit like a vagina honestly the the inner part behind the mandibles pure vulva Mm. i'm telling you yeah (laughs) no it it makes sense and if it wasn't intentional then it was there subconsciously i think yeah (laughs) um the first person to die makes pussy jokes yeah, misogynistic jokes, yeah. Honestly, there's so much weight to this theory. <laughs> the whole team, they're big old burly oily boy muscle men with big old phallic and weapons. And they can't defeat it. And it's useless. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, the predator, the more we talk about it, when you this said it, I was like, legs. yeah, that, this works. <laughs> and then I thought about it and thought about it. It's like, I can't, there's no denying this. Right? Yeah, it really... I don't know if it was intentional, but I'm going with it. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe in some ways it was, but... Um, but no, I like it. Let's go with it. Let's do a feminist season. Ooh. And then we'll include Predator in it again. <laughs> Everybody will revolt. Think, <laughs> Nobody will have that. I think Predator 1 is the only Predator movie that you could successfully argue that, I think. I don't know. Prey? Yes, of course. Prey. I forget because it's so recent. Yeah. But yeah, Prey. Prey would qualify. 
it's kind of come full circle. Yeah. <laughs> we need to watch that again. We do. We do. I have to mention the score. Of course I mean, you do. We, Alan Silvestri. <laughs> we opened the episode with me going... Don't do it again. <laughs> we don't... Sweet Lord. This I... is what I've been dealing with for a week now. Honestly, like I think he's one of the greats. He, he's done some bangers. Back to yeah. the Future... The Avengers, Young Guns 2, Flight of the Navigator. Flight of the Navigator, so close to my heart. <laughs> I love it. Judge Dredd, uh, that was the best part of that movie, actually, incidentally, <laughs> was the score. Wait, the, the 90, 95? Yeah. Oh, yeah. nobody's perfect. I think he did it. It might have been Goldsmith, actually. Mm. Right in, right in. Tell me. It'll be in the companion episode. <laughs> no, stop saying that. <laughs> yeah, because, and we, I've still got, got to do one day, we do our little film fests. Uh, film yeah. festivals where we watch like six or seven movies over the course of Are a weekend. Are you going to steal my joke? The Alan Film Festry. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're going to do it. We're going to watch Young Guns 2 and all of that, all of those movies that I just watched, including Predator number one. But that score, those cues are reused in every sequel as mm. well. I can't remember AVP, um, mostly by choice because I'm trying yeah. to block them from my brain. You've suppressed that. Yeah. <laughs> but I think certainly in the predator movies that do not feature xenomorphs they all use the predator cues to mm-hmm. varying degrees of success i would argue because again it's kind of iconic it's it, so well known it's ah, uh, it's iconic it's yeah. it's half i would say the scores in movies are maybe half of the battle for me yeah um although having said that when we were watching this movie your your take was it's a feminist movie <laughs> my take was this could work as a silent movie because yeah. you, I think you could remove all of the dialogue, as especially long as that Arnold's. score is still there. <laughs> well, yeah, but you would still get everything. You'd see the team seeing their boss. You'd see the team being dropped in the jungle from the helicopter. You'd see them fight a gang or army in the camp. Mm-hmm. You don't need any dialogue for any of that. You see the predator hunting them. You see everything that you need to see. I just think that visually, this film is so strong that you could just remove all. You could put this on mute. Even if it's the first time watching it, and I think you would get everything you need to get. But the score fucking slaps. Excuse me. Yes, you got your hand up. I have yes, got my Sarah, hand raised. Sarah in the back there. Yes. Thank you. Um, you You're said- grounded. <laughs> you can't ground me. You're not my mum. Oh no, I'm a teacher. Go to the headmaster's office. No, I don't want to. Um, so you said this film looks amazing. I have a couple of bones to pick with that. It mostly looks amazing. But I did make some notes. Um, I have notes. <laughs> I have notes. I took notes. Um, there's a couple of shots. There's one that, the, the one that springs to mind immediately is where Arnie is jumping off the cliff. Mm. And it looks like absolute garbage. It's so grainy. And I was like, is that zoomed in? Yeah. But when I did some research, I did read that the B camera was loaded with the wrong kind of film stock. Oh, yeah someone got fired for that yeah i'm guessing um so there are a few shots in the film that look grainier than others mm. and it was not intentional interesting because when you said that to me in the movie and i agree it mm-hmm. does look pretty it bad, looks that, terrible that by comparison I, I know that that was a stunt performer in that shot because i know that the person that performed that stunt broke their foot or their, their knee or their oh, knee oh yeah knee they blew, blew out. out their knee That's yes right. i read that yeah, as i knew well. it was a leg related incident but i thought maybe it's because it was a stunt performer they were trying to dis- disguise that it wasn't arnie that's, that was my my gut right. feeling but um but no, it's just so- someone put the wrong film in a camera someone done fucked up <laughs> <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> 
I know, mortifying. Imagine if that was you and you worked on Predator. I don't know if I could ever watch this movie again. I don't think I could ever converse with another human again. I'd die inside. I'd find the nearest person to blame it on and run away. (laughs) It was John John McTiernan. He's got a record. (laughs) I do think maybe this team could have been been improved if they had introduced Burt Gummer, though. Like Bert <laughs> we Gamma. could say that about anything. I know. I, I'm gonna. Bert Gummer with his elephant gone. I'm gonna push that in this season. We're yeah. gonna put Bert Gummer in every episode. I'll happily go along with that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they wouldn't have stood a chance if he was there. So we're getting towards the end now. Yeah. Can we talk about the fact that Arnie kind of figures out a way to evade the predator by coating himself in mud? Mud face. Mud face. Yeah. Um, some would say that's culturally insensitive. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You can't do mud face anymore, Dan. No, for real, though. It was the 80s. It was um, a different time. <laughs> I vaguely remember a very long time ago that Mythbusters did an episode on this. And I I don't know. I kind of had that thought while we were watching it. I was like, that wouldn't work, would it? Oh, no. Let's apply some logic to the Predator <laughs> movie. But apparently they did bust that myth. Like, yeah. if you covered yourself with mud, your body temper- temperature would heat the mud so quickly that it right. just wouldn't work. Right. There were a lot of issues while they were filming. They Basically, Arnie went from being swelteringly hot to covered in mud and freezing mm. and shivering. And they tried to heat him, but it just dried the mud out, turned it into clay. Yeah. It was a nightmare. It was an I, absolute disaster. I heard they were they were feeding him booze as well, and he just ended up getting rat-assed on set. <laughs> Like schnapps or something. Right. Best outcome. Yeah. Is that why towards the end of the film, he's just looking at everything with pure fascination, like he's seeing it for the first time? Yeah, he was, he was pissed off his head. That re- Honestly, that tickles me. That yeah. makes me laugh towards the end of the film. He looks like a newborn baby. Like he's seeing a tree for the first time. <laughs> it's so funny. What he's, Next time you watch it, bear that in mind. He's going through a very traumatic thing here. He's fighting an alien. Up until like... Before that, he didn't even know aliens existed. I think the only thing that was on Dutch's mind was, where am I getting my next stogie Stogie, from? (laughs) Hello, you are the predator. Do you have any stogies? (laughs) That would be his question, yeah. Yeah. But this is the third act, isn't it, when he covers himself in that mud. Mm -hmm. And there's no dialogue in this apart from, you ugly motherfucker, and just little (laughs) quips like that. Yeah. But it's the last 20 minutes or so, half an hour, maybe. Yeah. And he's setting the traps. It's He iconic. goes full home alone. He does go full home alone. <laughs> yeah, he's sharpening sticks and lifting logs and making bow and arrow explosives, improvised yeah. explosive devices or IEDs, if you will. And yeah, it's a really cool just setting up traps in a forest scene. And it's just, I don't know, I, I think because he's lost all of his weapons mm-hmm. so you think he doesn't stand a chance here and it's just his his uh his intellect it's no, his he, knowledge that... apparently he's been kevin McAllister this whole time yeah, yeah but it's not the weapons it's the knowledge it's the knowing about your environment and it's he basically it's not his big muscles it's his big brain it's his Dan. Big, big old oily brain <laughs> that's right um and i like that i think that's a really good way to defeat the predator particularly the predator is moving from tree to tree there are no tracks arnold is swinging from tree to tree there are no tracks he's obviously as you mentioned he's covered in mud which definitely works and definitely doesn't allow people with heat vision to see you (laughs) sure yeah and um 
yeah, no, it's just it's innovative and it's clever and it's just a way of defeating the the, the final the villain in a in a just a different way rather than just blasting some 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 guns at, at someone. Not to keep bringing it up, but I'm going to keep bringing it up. <laughs> but that's why I liked Prey so much because yeah. it was a total return to form. Yeah. It was somebody who was like, well, I can't, I can't outperform you physically, so I have to use my intellect. Yeah, and it is the best way to defeat that alien. Yeah, and and that's what's so good about Prey as well is because it's set in 1715s ish, something like that. Oh no. Whenever, 1700 and <laughs> something. Ago. Yeah, we'll, we'll look it up. It'll be in a companion episode. Oh, quit it. But yeah, no, it's, it is a, a real return to the original in that sense, isn't it? Because she just uses her brains and her knowledge of the terrain mm-hmm. to defeat a predator. Yeah, it's super well done. And that's probably the thing that, that a lot of the sequels get kind of wrong. Mm-hmm. I like all of the Predator movies. <laughs> I, I think they're all fun. I like them all. Yes. I don't think that they all are good. <laughs> Agreed. Okay. Yes, I do agree with you. Yes. What would your, just very quickly, what would your tier list be? I don't know if I can do this very quickly. Okay. Tiernan um, list, if you will. My McTiernan. <laughs> so I, I'm going to say my favourite, Predator. It's got to be, right? 1987. Yeah, I, movie I agree with that. It's the it all off that created the iconic creature. Mm-hmm. It has to be. I think Prey is number two. Copycat. I think. Me too. It's, it's, it's the best sequel uh, there's no denying that and i th- when i was thinking about this list i had something else in second spot originally and the main reason for that is because prey is fairly recent and i thought maybe recency bias might be playing a factor i do need to see it more times mm-hmm. having said that i do think it's the best sequel at number three i've got predator 2 okay disagree on, on that one i think it's got a lot going for it it's not the perfect movie. It's, it's not, not perfect. It's a total mess. And actually, probably one of my least favourite Bill Paxton performances. Mm, okay. He was kind of wasted in that movie. I I, I thought he was all right. <laughs> <laughs> I thought, I, you, do you know what? I think that movie was rushed. And I think that yeah. it shows. But there are some things there. It's the LA setting. It's, it's kind of close to the time when the riots were, were Oh, there were some off. really good ideas. They could have done some stuff with gun culture and the accessibility of mm-hmm. weapons, particularly after the first movie being so anti-gun. Yeah. There's, there's some really interesting stuff they could have done with it. Danny Glover, I think, is brilliant. I think he's really good. Mm-hmm. Paxton, I like. I like the introduction of the agency. Gary Boosie's in Predator 2 for some reason. <laughs> but the script is bad and yes. it's 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 not paced brilliantly. It's proper baggy in the middle. And the third act, I think, goes on a bit too long as well. Yeah, It's agreed. not punchy. It does drag. Mm-hmm. I think the next best one is Predators. That would be the number three spot for me. I think that's just a little bit more enjoyable than Predator 2, personally okay. speaking. I think for me, maybe it's a bit more enjoyable i think maybe the second half is a bit more enjoyable okay but man i watched that the other night and the first half is not good oh really they... i haven't seen it for a few years but i it's got such an eclectic cast yeah I, I remember thinking it was super enjoyable well the setup is kind of what i always wanted a predator sequel to be mm. uh, it's another team but it's a different i mean it's the jungle but it's a different planet You've got these memorable characters. You've got a Yakuza in there. Mm-hmm. You've got all the, it's it's like it's really it's a good sequel, is what I'm saying. Or the idea is a really is a really good idea for a sequel. But some of the script is bad for some reason. Topher Grace <laughs> knows that some of these plants are poisonous. 
Topher Grace was not good. They land on an alien planet and he's like, don't touch that, that part's poisonous. (laughs) Well, how the fuck do you know that, Topher Grace? (laughs) How do you know? (laughs) Oh, that's right, because plot says that I need to know because I'm going to use that later to incapacitate (laughs) someone. It's not good. Walton Goggins' rapey character is played for laughs. Yeah, that's a bit gross. does not sit well. Which is a shame because I normally like Walton Goggins. Yeah. There's some really ill-advised dialogue in in that movie. Mm. And I always think it was directed by Rodriguez, but it wasn't. He wrote it. Oh, right. Okay. He wrote, apparently he wrote it back in the 90s, 94, I want to say. And obviously enjoyed some success with El Mariachi and Desperado. And I guess had some clout and managed to get this Predator movie made. But I think Adrian Brody is magnificent. He's great. I think, and I'm so disappointed that he didn't do more action stuff because he's got it he's got that thing Mm -hmm. and it's hard to do he's got but he can act as well but he's also got that menacing presence and he's just a calm but aggressive knowledgeable hero and he's shredded to fuck he worked hard to get shredded for that movie (laughs) yeah it paid off yeah and and the, the final act is 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 great and alice braga as well yeah she's brilliant yeah, and it's listen. I think that that part that movie is equally brilliant and equally terrible. That's and fair. it's a weird mishmash of of things. But um, but yeah, it's my number four. Um, and number five is the Predator. It, of course, it, it, it has its issues, but I enjoyed it. Do you know what I enjoyed it? Like like I said at the top of the show, there isn't a Predator movie that I don't enjoy to some degree. I'm not talking about AVP. Yeah. Just Predator movies. And it, this one was garbage, but I still enjoyed it. Yeah. I, mean, I am pissed. I want to know what happened to the dog. That was the one question left unanswered. What it? happened to that dog? Is the dog safe? That's I, what I care about. Okay. I, I, yeah, I saw that at the cinema. was super stoked to go and see it. It's the only Predator movie that I've seen at the cinema, I think. Wow. Okay. And I was super excited and I watched it and I was like, got out and thought, yes. They had, they did, they used the Silvestri score and I'm happy. And it was a lot of fun. And I went on IMDb. Let's check out. Oh, 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 everybody hates this. Yeah. Yes. It has its problems. It's not the best, but it's fun. There's a lot yeah. of stuff in it that I really like. It's just silly. Um, Brown, Sterling Brown. Brilliant. Yeah. Really, really good, charismatic and fun character in that. Son of Gary is in it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Who's meant to be. A relative of Gary Boosie from mm-hmm. Predator 2. So it, it, it continues that kind of story or is part of the same universe. That's the thing that I really like about these movies yeah. is they all reference previous mm-hmm. movies. And that's kind of rare to have a, yeah. a franchise when there's five movies for 35 years. They've still not rebooted it. It's coming. That's true. I would say... <laughs> The only other the only other franchise I can think of, and it may be because we watched it recently, is Child's Play, like the Chucky yeah, movies. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. They've stuck to their guns. Don Mancini, however silly things get, they never wreck on anything. Yeah. They stick with it and just keep going forward. And I kind of admire that, even when it's not good. Yeah. I mean, the end of The Predator, he gets some Iron Man Predator type suit Look, thing. I don't know. And that is a weird <laughs> choice. Yeah. So maybe we can just forget that we did that. Perhaps. But maybe bring <laughs> bring back some of that cast or, or mm. do something because there was a lot of good ideas in that. And I think that's the main thing about these Predator movies, that every single one has some really fucking solid ideas in it. Yeah. But they're not always executed brilliantly. Agreed. The best that they did was Predator number one and Prey is, I would say, as good as Predator. Mm-hmm. It's just that Predator one was the movie that kicked it off. 
Yeah. Was it Dan Trachtenberg who directed that? Yes. Yeah, let it, give him the franchise for now. Well, it ended on a cliffhanger. It, mm. Well, not a cliffhanger. It ended on... Uh, it, there was There's that, the possibility of more. It's still like I think so. Yeah. I, I, it's, you know what? It's... it's, it's it's good because Prey is getting a physical media. It's getting a physical media release. Oh. And not many streaming movies get that. No. Um, I don't believe we're getting it here. It might be Region A only, Region 1 only, but, you know, we've got a region. I, I, I need to watch the version in Comanche. What did we watch? We just watched the, the English version. Did we? Yeah, because yeah. we, weren't, we weren't aware at the time that there was an alternate. Right. Yeah, we'll, we'll watch the Comanche version for sure, but... That was, I liked that because at the end of that movie, it acknowledges Predator 2, basically, mm-hmm. and, and the, the weapon. That... You got very excited the first time we watched that. I did. Yeah, <laughs> I did. I, I'm super excited to see what more they can do with this franchise. Like, I remember back in the day after Predator 2, and you had the longest time between Predator 2 and Predators, mm-hmm. uh, 20, 20 years? Yeah, 20 years gap. And obviously, I knew about the xenomorph head in in Predator Two, mm-hmm. so when it, well, you know, I can't wait for an alien movie. Oh no! Oh no! I say I didn't have to wait twenty years. I, it was when did AVP come out? I want to say like two thousand three. Yeah. yeah. So I had to wait thirteen years for them to really make use of this alien v predator idea, and I was so excited. Oh, I bless couldn't you. wait to see AVP one because the game was great, and I just got on. It's probably one of the only one of three games I've ever played on a PC is AVP. <laughs> And super excited and then watched it. And what is this 12A garbage that I'm watching here? <laughs> Terrible. Yeah. And AVP Requiem was even worse, I thought. It's unwatchable. <laughs> I hated it. It's bad. They tried to up the violence, I think. Yeah. And, and that, which is why I prefer it, but it's not. They're both terrible. But it's terrible. And it's dark. There's lots of dark scenes and you can't see what's going on. And I just, I can't. I can't watch those movies. So if we're still doing a ranking... AVP is second from bottom, and AVP two is the bottom, very bottom. Can't get lower. Yeah. So our, our lists look very similar. Yeah. We're just just we, with one change. Yeah. Uh, but would you put AVP two above AVP one? Oh, um, I don't think it's the better film. Yeah. I just enjoyed it more. Yeah, fair enough. But I didn't enjoy either of them very much. So there's yeah. not much in it. I'm I'm never going to be watching those again. No. Unless it's for the companion episode. Oh, God. They, this doesn't exist. <laughs> Please stop. <laughs> oh, dearie me. But so, anyway, so we, we're basically, this is us, wrapping Predator. Is there anything scarier than a, a foe you can't see? Um, no. That's, I mean, it was that was a hypothetical kind of rhetorical oh, question. Was it? But... <laughs> And it would be silly of us not to mention, what in the hell were the end credits? Oh, man, I'd forgotten about that. Yeah, where everyone's just looking at the camera and doing a little smile. The weird sitcom intro. Yeah, it's it's odd, isn't it? Yeah, I'm not a fan of that. It was a weird choice. I don't... (laughs) It does take you out of the experience a little bit. But at the same time, I think we're just acknowledging here that we've had a good old time where a lot of big old oily boys have just been blown up. And here they are again, just so you can remember their names. And watch it, go and watch it again, because it's fun, isn't it? But it's cheesy as fuck. And Shane Black is definitely a better screenwriter than an actor. Agreed. I would like to end it on a quote by El Padilla Carrillo. Okay. When talking about making a movie, mm-hmm. she said this. The only thing I learned from making Predator was to be able to survive among a bunch of horny, macho, stupid muscle men. And I am very proud of that. <laughs> God, I love her. Right. 
So El Padilla Carrillo and the Predator, feminist icons. Agreed. It's concrete fact. So all there is to do then is just to let everybody know what we're covering next week. I can't remember what we're covering next week. (laughs) Also, obviously we're continuing the alien theme. Yep. Our second episode of season three is a Bowie movie. (gasps) How did you forget? Fuck. You love that I'm so ashamed. We're doing The Man Who Fell to Earth. The Man What Fell to Earth. That's not what it's called. (laughs) Maybe in Southend. I don't know if I've seen this movie. I don't think you have. It's Nicholas Rogue. You'd hate it. You won't like it. Great. Can't wait for that episode then. I'm going to be thrilled. Listen, it'll be fun. It'll be fun. There's loads to talk about with Bowie, isn't yeah. there? Like, I'm sure you could talk about Bowie for weeks on end. So it'll be very much be relying on you, that one. <laughs> but yeah, thanks for listening. Next week, The Man What Fell to Earth. Yep. Thanks so much for listening. If you've enjoyed the show, don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review wherever you listen to podcasts. You can stay up to date with us on Twitter, Instagram, or TikTok at STH underscore pod or support us on Patreon. Everything will be linked in the description.